Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it! This is Top Flight Tune Machine, I am Andy Hotbody Dawson, pow, pow, pow! I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? Welcome along to the uh, Tune Machine, it's the third instalment, and we're looking at the chart from the 8th of November 1981, um, part... Three, three. Is it? I think it's part three, yeah. Yeah. Hang on a minute, I'm looking at the wrong chart here. I've put it to the 11th, 1981, and it's come up with... Yeah. A different Every chart. little thing she does is magic. Yeah. Was that number one, was it? I thought... Yeah, I've, uh, I seem to remember something else being a yeah, number Yeah, I do apologise. It is. We hadn't even touched upon the, the number one hit of the time, which was the yeah. police. Yeah, oh, well, spoiler alert. The police are at number one with every little thing she does is well, magic. It's no, no, no spoiler alert. We did the chat yeah. rundown two weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Um, I like the idea yeah, that we reveal at the very end what the number one was. <laughs> yeah, that's what we should do. Yeah, keep them listening. Yeah, we've been we've bounced all over this job. What are your thoughts on, on the police, Andy? I used to love the police mm. back then. I thought they were fucking great because mm. they did. I mean, they, they did. Um, Message in a bottle was the first breakthrough yeah. hit. I remember I had that. I had that on green vinyl. Yeah, as a single. They were big on the old coloured vinyl, the weren't green they? Green bottle. Um, and then walking on the moon. You know, yeah. when you eight year old, a song about walking on yeah. the moon. Sounds brilliant. I think lyrically they were quite appealing to kids because the, a lot of their songs had things like that. Like even although Roxanne was about a prosa, if yeah. you didn't know that as a kid, you just like put on a red light. Someone's and you're like, got a yeah, red that light. Sounds, good. sounds great. Yeah, yeah, I, I love red, red lights. lights. Yeah, yeah. Um, and but also then they did so lonely, so lonely, so lonely. But one of the other singles I had was do you remember "Can't Stand Losing You." Yeah, it's a great song. That 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 the the cover for that single trigger warning here. Really? Um um suicide. <laughs> oh. Oh, okay. The the I thought you meant the, sexual trigger. No, no. No, um the cover of that was a fella obviously couldn't stand losing her. The relationship was oh, over and he's, and he's standing in. on he's, he's standing on a large block of ice. He's got a noose around his neck. Oh, for fuck's sake. And there's an electric fire on next to the block of ice. No. Yeah. That is mental. Sting, that what got, were you thinking signing that, that off? 
that got a number two in the charts. So hundreds of thousands of people will have had that. Yeah, that's, um, that's in their home. That's in the probes. Uh, it's a good song, times. though. To be fair, it's a good song. Yeah, they're all right, the police, aren't they? I don't know. They yeah. felt like, even though like Sting was a Geordie, like they they felt they were regarded a little bit as like a band that posh people were into. Were they? Yeah, they were down here. It was sort of, oh, I right. don't know why. I remember my brother Dom used to go, ah, it's for private school kids, the police, in it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny, I, I suppose a lot of my prejudices uh, I just inherited from my from my older was, brothers and sort of, they just stuck with me. It you wasn't think that sort was because... Posh was girls like a sting fancied used, Sting. Yeah, and he used to be a teacher. Is that what it was? Yeah, was, I think posh girls fancied Sting. And so you'd often have sort of like, yeah, kind of private school kids. It was, oh, you have the police. But you can't get away from it. They're a good band. Um, oh, I mean, they're one of those groups where the greatest hits CD will be, you know, hugely yeah. listenable. And it was only a few years, wasn't it, that they were really going strong. They just like, it, between like the late 70s and early 80s, it was just non-stop yeah. fucking hit after hit after hit. And then was, Sting yeah. fucked off to do his jazz. Yeah. And they, they did have some hits that weren't like really immediate they did that Invisible Sun which was about the no- the Northern Ireland Troubles oh yeah which got number that two that, that wasn't a kind of a, anything you could describe as a a, a toe tapper do you know what I mean the bed's too big but, without um, you that's one I like yeah he does good yeah, good songs got, about love and loss doesn't he I've got no pr- again the police are another one of those where the story of the group is almost as good as the music because there was a conflict between Stuart Copeland and Sting always and they, they regularly like it would go to fisticuffs between the two of them oh fuck it I tell you and, what I wouldn't um, fight Sting did no, you ever well, used to play did you ever used to well, play Street Fighter you know the video game Street Fighter yeah. you know Dalzim who was the Indian lad whose arms extended so if you were ever Dalzim you could punch someone from like miles away yeah <laughs> that's because he had yogic powers yeah yeah. And he would sometimes also levitate. And I used to always think of, that's what it would be like to fight Sting. <laughs> that's what he the power he would have. Well, Sting, Sting is lithe and muscular, but also mm. he has tantric abilities. Do you he know does. what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't doubt for a moment that Sting could make himself suddenly become invisible and then just yeah. pop up next to you, the next, well, behind you and tap you on the shoulder and then fucking cock you one in the there jaw. He is. Bang. Bang. Down. But, um, It'd be like this. Have that, you cockney cunt. Ah! <laughs> but as well, though, Stuart Copeland, I, I think Stuart Copeland's a brilliant drummer. Mm. He did a good um, documentary about drumming recent, or a few years yeah. back, didn't he? Yeah, uh, I think he's got a he's got a fucking powerful hit on him, so maybe Copeland could oh, yeah. hold his own in a fight as well. And then you've got the other one. He's, he's, he's the smallest of the three. But Andy don't Summers, underestimate yeah. him either. Well, don't the thing is, Andy him. Summers... Never yeah. looked at it, but Andy Summers was really old. Do you know how old Andy Summers is now? <laughs> okay, let me guess. 80, <laughs> 86. <laughs> really rude just laughing at an age, isn't it? He's, he's not, he's 79. That's so still fucking, far yeah, wrong. that is older than I thought. So that means he was born in 42. So when the, the, when the police had their first hit in 78 or whatever, he was 36. He was already a veteran. It's Sting. It's Sting. <laughs> it's Stuart Copeland, and it's the youthfully faced. 
<laughs> What's his name Andy, again? Andy Summers. Andy, youthfully faced Andy Summers on guitar. <laughs> but Andy Summers, surprisingly does. old, Andy Summers. <laughs> but he, he looks really young still to this day. Mm. So good luck to him. him. Good luck yeah. to the lad. The young cunt. Seven, yeah, seventy-nine. Fucking hell. Um, I probably mentioned this before, but Happy Birthday by Altered Images was the first ever single I bought. Right. So that dates it. So I was eight when I bought my first single. You know, and again, that's another one. It's like this will appeal to young kids. Yeah. Birthdays. I love. I think we talked about this earlier in this series. So it's not about birthdays, man. It doesn't There's nothing have birthdays. better than birthdays, is there? I'm gonna fucking get that with my pocket money. Best Mind you, I'll just I'll just had a quick look. Sting, Sting, seventy. Fuck me. You notice that all kids just like, uh, if you say what's the best day, without hesitation, they always put their birthday ahead of Christmas. Yeah. Because they're so selfish. Yeah. Because it's special to them, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Fuck Christmas. That's for other people. I've got to spread it around. We've talked about this. We talked about this two episodes ago. We've done this already. Did I tell you that that Len reckons his second best day is not even Christmas? It's Halloween. (laughs) That's weird. Nutter. Yeah, don't worry. I'm fucking giving him a rocket over it, but it doesn't oh, make better. any difference. If I fucking tell him off hell. about it, it makes him even more determined. God. Um, what else is happening in this chat? I'm going down the other end. I'm going down to the number 40 bit. Oh, yeah, we were talking about Tears Are Not Enough by ABC flying into the chart at number 39 and how the, the song just begins. Here we fucking go. Bang, here I am. Have some of this. There's no build-up. It's just like, right, you're on the dance floor. Start fucking dancing now. Yeah. Uh, great song. Great album, Lexicon of Love. There's not a bad track on it. Yeah, uh, it's one of, it's just, it is one of the greatest albums of all time. And yeah. That's not hyperbole. We've stuck to that, both of us. For, yeah. Throughout, you, you know, you can go back through our records and our public declarations of in the British, all of which are on microfiche at the British <laughs> Library. And you'll see... That we have both independently maintained that Lexicon of Love is one of the all-time yeah. great records. Every they're, song um, on it is an absolute fucking banger. They're out on on the road soon, doing it again with an orchestra. Really? ABC. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing them. I've seen them twice before. They're all right, but when they did the Steel City tour, which I went to, and it was them, Heaven Seventeen, and Human League, Oof. I will tell you as much as I love all three of those bands. ABC traditionally my favourite because let's go, you know, I adore Martin Fry. He's a human of honour. He's one of the great lyricists in my opinion. But I've got to tell you, Human League Live are fucking hard to beat. There are not many fucking bands I've seen. I've seen them a couple of times. I saw them at festival one year. And, you know, festivals like all the trendy young bands as well, uh, many of whom I saw. But Human League absolutely fucking owned it, right? Because yeah. the two lasses, obviously Oki's fucking brilliant, but the two lasses, they know how to fucking hold an audience, mate. Totally. I almost saw them do the Dare, the Dare album a few months ago. Yeah. In full. Oh, I remember you going to um, see that, yeah. Fucking brilliant. And oh, oh, lots of costume changes. Oh, lots yeah. of showmanship. Yeah. You know, they know how to put a party on. Yeah. Still. Um, so that was that was brilliant. I think Oki was wearing a cape at one point, which I hugely approve of. He's, well, he's a know. human of honour for sure, isn't oh, he? Okay. Completely, yeah. So I don't think they're in this chart, are they? Human League, anyway? We're looking at 1981. They must be in here somewhere. 
If it's 1981, don't you want me not in this chart yet? Oh, open your hearts, number 15, from the, you know, the, the another that album from there, Dare. Dare. Yeah. That's from Dare, another album that hasn't got a bad track on it. God, 81 was a good year, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Uh, um, labelled with Love by Squeeze, we haven't talked about that. That is um, a great song. Another classic. Mm. Another one of those great Squeeze songs that tells a story. And it's a story that you can really buy into and you can really, you know, it's got lots of depth to it. Um, brilliant Chris song Stifford's by Chris book, great book. Yep. Chris Difford's interview with me on the reset, mm, not a classic. He's uh, No? Yeah, I mean, he was very nice and accommodating when I approached him um, about it because he's a recovering alcoholic who takes kind of passing it on, as they say, very seriously and is yeah. very keen to do anything that is about helping people conquer the addiction or whatever. So he was very keen, but I don't know, it just felt like he was a bit like... He was Recent. a bit like... Yeah. Yeah, next question. <laughs> who are you again you cunt who can blame him um, but what a lyricist and his book which I think did you turn me on to that book but you read it and you told me to read it anyway it, yeah. it was great um, see Joan of Arc by OMD is that the one that goes I like then, that song. And then they did they did Made of Orleans after that, which starts with the line Joan of Arc. Fuck, oh, what are they doing there? Trying to fuck us about? Trying to play mind games with us? Enola Gay is an Enola Gay. You should have stayed at home yesterday. Because one of the um, American nuclear bombs in the Second World War was called Enola Gay. Classic early 80s lyrics, that, isn't it? Where it's about something... Yeah, something that's yeah. like really that you think is fun, and then like your older brother tells you, actually, it's not fun. It's something really scary and bleak, and you're like, oh yeah. fucking hell, we shouldn't tell me that. Little um, Mix did Joan of Arc. What? Which fucking? What's that? I bet that he, what's his name from? He writes lots of pop songs, doesn't he? And I bet he's um, written for Little Mix because he wrote for Sugar Babes and stuff like that. I think, didn't he? Yeah, Andy McCluskey, is it? Yeah, he writes pop hits. And yeah, he wrote for... Um, I thought he wrote for Sugar Babes. I mean, various Atomic people. Kitten. He, he oh, founded Atomic Kitten. He wrote that Gareth Southgate song. He Did wrote he? he wrote that one that what? everyone adapted. Like, uh, that was it. I can make you whole again. But looking back on when we first met. And then in the World Cup, people rewrote it about Gareth Southgate, didn't they? Did they? Don't you remember that? I don't going, remember that. Uh, nah, nah. Southgate, you're the one. You still turn me on. Football's coming home again. Oh, what, during the... the during the, the Euros, Euros the World and the World Cup? Cup. It was like oh a big God. song that everyone sang. Yeah. Southgate, oh, well, you're the there, one. You still turn me on. England coming home again. That was a little mix song called Hole Again. Which had right. been, I think, written by Andy McCluskey. So it's funny, isn't it, how things well, go yeah, around? Yeah, he did. He, he founded, he, he, he assembled... Um, Atomic Kitten. Atomic Kitten. Atomic Kitten, assemble! Fucking <laughs> <laughs> And they got a Brit Award nomination for Best British Single, and he wrote lots of their hits. Good song. But he parted ways with the group during the recording of their second album. Yeah, I'm fucking sick of this now. 
Uh, doing my fucking tree in this lot. <laughs> I thought it'd be easy cash, but believe me, it's not. That one with the mouth on her, she's always in the fucking paper. She's always in Heat magazine. <laughs> Sick of seeing her everywhere drive I go. My, drive me out of my fucking tree. We've only uh, been gone uh, a year and a half. She's been fucking married twice. Can't keep up. <laughs> I only want to... I want a fucking quiet life. I tell you what, I'm done with the music business. I've made me money from these fuckers. I'm packing in now. <laughs> They're still playing fucking Joan of Arc on Radio 2 once in a while. That brings the checks coming in here and there. <laughs> If any luck, I'll get it on a fucking Burger King advert and all. <laughs> they're, still, they're still going live as well. They're, apparently, they're a really good night out, OMD. They're another one whose greatest hits albums just like hit after hit and you just think, wow, they, these were fucking good. I've Some good a letter just to, knock out brilliant singles. I've written a letter to Quentin Tarantino and Martin Scorsese listing our songs uh, for RMD and saying that they are available for either of their soundtracks because I've read that's the easiest way to make money. Get on a fucking big soundtrack. (laughs) Jalapeño. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Jalapeño. There's a couple of contrasting singles in this chart which both got to number two and were odd singles. The first one's the Birdie Song, brackets Birdie Dance by The Tweets. Never knew that subtitle. Yeah. Never knew that. Brackets Birdie Dance. Um, you know the staple of the school disco, of course. Yeah. But I always hated it because even back then banger. I thought, absolute no, banger, mate. What? When that comes on at school Fuck, disco, yeah. bang, you're straight on the floor. Oh, I hated it. I, even then, I just thought this is a fucking stupid song. Yeah, this it's is a child stupid. song. Of course, it is. Um, shit for cunts. I said, age, age nine. But the other one is even weirder, and it's Laurie Anderson's Oh Superman. Do you remember that yeah. one? I can't remember how it goes. I'm familiar it's, with it. It's, yeah. it's about seven minutes long, and it's got like a, synth- a synthesizer, like a sample of a, a almost breathing. It goes, ha, 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 ha. And then oh, she's got that yeah, computerized voice goes, Oh Superman, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, was that ha, used on the soundtrack for something as well? Might have been. Don't know. Probably, but the fact that that got to number two is is just weird. I don't know who was buying it, but it was kind of 
It was kind of in the vein of Kraftwerk and all of that. Yeah, I'm sure that was used on a famous advert or film. Just uh, look the old Wikipedia up, see if it's got an entry. Yeah, as DJ John Peel liked it, apparently. Um, There you go. Which movie is our Superman in? It's in Declaration of War. Mm, not a film that I know that about. Never heard of that. Oh well. But uh, yeah, that was well weird. I, I didn't. Oh, nineteen eighty six car crash advert. Oh, that was in New Zealand. Mm. Well, there you go. But uh, the song gained weird. even more fame from the two thousand and eighteen interactive film Black Mirror Bandersnatch. All oh, right. Okay. Charlie Brooker thing. Yeah. There's a clip on top on YouTube, Top of the Pops, of uh, the group Zoo, the dance group doing No Superman, because mm. I don't think there was a video for it, and you can't really go to Top of the Pops and perform that kind of thing. No. So it, it looks weird. There's all kinds of... Oh, jeez, I can't even begin to describe this. Someone dresses as a judge. Um, there is some, like, throbbing... Um, what looks looks a little bit like the random pop blob gently throbbing um, and then it opens up and someone comes out of it someone emerges from it like it's an egg uh, that needs to be watched and assessed in full I think at a different time deep dive yeah nine minutes long the full version of that got number two brilliant <laughs> David Bowie played it live quite a bit in his 1997 tour <laughs> and someone described on Twitter uh, on YouTube they said they took 9 to 10 minutes of the show up with it fuck it, it I think that well. was the tour where he um, had a fight with Simon or tried to fight Simon Le Bon over the might wine well and been. the pasta yeah, so he was well obviously going through a difficult phase at the time Bowie yeah. fuck it hell how long have we done you're joking I thought we were at least half hour in right Come on, we'll do a ten-minute version of that old Superman. That was so some go, fucking uh, time. Uh, 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 just do that for ten minutes. Yeah, I'll sing some stuff over the top. I'll do piece some talking piece. if we get desperate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go. I don't want to go out. No one to stay home. <laughs> <laughs> what else have we got in this chart? Oh, there's so many good ones, isn't there? Um, it's really, really good. When it when it's at its best, it's it's fantastic. Boy meets girl, favorite shirts, haircut one hundred. I heard that yesterday on Beautiful Absolute Eighties. That was their first hit. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a great song. Physical uh, by Olivia Newton John. Watched a video of that recently. Yeah. Just people ex just just people exercising, which at this well, we era took, we, was it quite we, interesting and we've funny. We touched on that already in the first oh, episode when we did Felicity Kendall doing. Oh yeah, you're over podding, Sam. You're forgetting things that we've oh, no, podded sorry. about. It's just a matter of weeks ago. I've got what the Germans call unterpod. Yeah, uh, a good year for the roses. Have we talked about that? We haven't, but we can do. Elvis Casquello, of course. Yeah, that that was like felt like um, uh, Elvis Casquello felt like a sort of it felt like a comeback. I'm so surprised that, that was as early as eighty one. Yeah. If someone asked me, I would have said that was like eighty four or something because it felt like he was through his sort of post-punk phase and this is very kind of like um, country and western country and western I I think he actually went out to Memphis to do an album because he was so uh, it it was so successful and big 
that it was that thing where he could tell the record company could more or less do whatever he wanted. And so at his height, my brother's, you know, obviously my brother Theo is the, like the world's number one Elvis Cosquello weirdo. Sorry, I mean fan. And he's like, um, yeah, it was like one of those things where when he was at his absolute peak and anything he touched turned to gold, because he's such an innovator, he decided yeah. to almost do the last thing anyone would expect. And he goes, actually, I want to do a country and western album and I want to go and record it in Memphis. Um, but this is a beautiful song with fantastic lyrics. Yeah, I'm just looking to see where it was in his in his oeuvre because it did. It, he probably hadn't done anything for. He hadn't had any hits for a couple of years. I don't think. Did they? Um, was the album called Good Year for the Roses, or was it um, called Almost? Was it not, almost Blue? Almost Blue. Oh, yeah, almost. almost Blue. Yeah, he he'd had a few flops. He'd also um, had a few personal problems. Um, he'd got drunk and made some inappropriate remarks, which had scandalised him. Yeah, yeah. I think this yeah, album he, came after that, maybe. He, he, he hadn't had a hit for a year and eight months, which is a long time. But if um, you're Elvis Costello, and it's the early eighties, it's a long time. Because these were the days when bands would put an album out every year. There's none of this kind of three years between yeah, projects and then world tours and everything. You just yeah. fucking knock an album out, tour it for a bit, do another one every year because you just figured that your your success would fall away if you waited mm. any kind of period of time between doing doing projects. Yeah, because the pop scene moved so quick. Different trends and fashions came and went in the blink of an I, eye. I was just looking at the, the timeline for that because that was 81, but because I know that Nick Lowe, used yeah. to produce some of Costello's early stuff. Yeah. But he got married to Johnny Cash's daughter, oh. Carleen Carter. Mm. Maybe that's that how they nine, ended up out was, there then. Might have been. That was 1979 when they got married, which was be- a couple of years before this. Um, so I don't know. Hey, hey, Elvis, this new, this new wife of mine, she knows, she knows about the country scene. Maybe we can get a studio out there. Our dad probably knows someone. He can He's open a, a few doors for us. We might get a free yeah. trip out of it. Know what I mean? Get, get a country album fucking done. Yeah, fine. Fuck it. The way I'm going, I, I haven't had an it in fucking 12 months. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll try t- anything. I'll, stage, I'll try fucking anything. Yes, even country <laughs> and western. <laughs> I'll do the fucking birdie song if I have to. <laughs> Say anything to get back to the charts. I'm getting to the stage I'm thinking of popping a fucking trumpet up my bum hole and playing it out in fucking <laughs> Trafalgar Square. <laughs> See if I can get a few pennies on the fucking old scene. on top of the pops. <laughs> um, now the jam. Uh, you're not a huge fan of the jam. Uh, I'm not a huge fan. I don't mind. I prefer the Star Council. You, you've you've antagonised jam fans in the past for sport. Yeah, yeah, it's um, enjoyable for sport. Uh, yeah. But absolute beginners. This is where the jam were. You know, he was increasingly leaning towards. Motown tinged. Yeah, this is the era of the jam I quite music. like. And this yeah. is this is where you, the the writing was on the wall because he wanted to do all this. And there's a, obviously a very prominent brass section in this song there that is. is very Motown. And the other two lads were like, "Aye, aye, what's all this soppy music for what's girls Paul that he doing? started what's doing?" So the people coming in doing what? what? Yeah, and that's it's just supposed to be guitar, bass, and drums. That's the jam. Yeah. We do geezer music, not Dolly Bird <laughs> music. He'll be doing a fucking kissing song next. <laughs> next thing you know, he'll be doing jazz and going down a punt on the River Cam. 
<laughs> in a pumpkin blazer. <laughs> With his top off and his unusually small nipples on display. <laughs> and they were fucking right to think that, because that's were. exactly yeah. what he did. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do like the jam a lot, but I definitely prefer the Style Council. Um, yeah. I think, for me, they're both great bands, but Style Council are better. But this is a this is a brilliant one, yeah, absolute beginners. Um, yeah, I mean, just kind of this veering towards Style Council territory, isn't it? It was yeah, a kind of a is, smooth yeah. transition when the yeah, Style Council Yeah, you can see started. where it's going, it's going. I mean, if you, like, listen to um, A Solid Bond in Your Heart, which I think was one of their first earlier singles, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. That's really similar with the trumpets. Really yeah. similar sound. I mean, <clears throat> I mentioned Absolute 80s there. I've, I have Absolute 80s on in the car quite a bit. And I, right. uh, they played Speak Like a Child, which was the first yeah. Style Council single, which, again, it's got that brass in it and it's got yeah. a bit of a swing about it. And it's a brilliant song. Really, Such really good song. song. Such a happy and he song. Did, he, like so he many of the Style out. Council songs. He knocked that out about four months after he'd split the jam up. He didn't hang about. There wasn't. Oh, he didn't yeah. like retreat or anything and rethink what his next move was going to be. And like sort of, no. there was no strategy. Well, I suppose he right, might have been go. writing these songs, but just didn't think that they were appropriate Probably. for the jam. Yeah, because he needed a different setup. He needed to get our pal Mick on the old. He needed organs. a human of honour, Nick Talbot. Yeah, Nick Talbot. He, yeah, yeah. He needed to get Mick Talbot, and he needed to get yeah, just a different sort of band, I guess. But, yeah, that is a great one. And just below it, fucking hell. I mean, this is like... So we're looking at 19 and 20 in this chart, November 81. Your absolute beginnings at 19. You've got Let's Groove by Earth, Wind & Fire at number 20. How incredible mm. is that? I mean, I would have dated this earlier, So, but this wasn't a re-release. Is that when it actually came out, 1981? Uh, I guess it was, yeah. 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 I was surprised. I would have thought that that was the 70s. But anyway, what a tune that is. Two great songs back to back. Mm. I'm just, um, I'm just, sorry, I've just been looking at that jam timeline again. Beat oh yeah. Surrender, the last jam single came out December the 4th, 1982. Yeah. And it was number one for yeah. a couple of weeks. It was still in the charts in on the 15th of March, 1983. Yeah. Seven weeks later, the first Style Council single came out. What I think is interesting Bam! about that is that he recruited a new bandmate. They yeah. came up with a name for a band. They came up with the logo for the band. I'm pretty sure that the Style Council like logo that we still know today, which has got that sort of beautiful kind of like calligraphy like, thing going yeah, on. Yeah, it's sort of like mid century, uh, mm. mid century modern typeface that would have not looked out of place on a sort of a blue note record from the 60s um that is like really great branding that still lives on to this day i was in brighton the yeah. other day and they were flogging style council t-shirts nearly invested and thought better of it um and i thought and so you think fucking hell in seven weeks they created a whole brand that is yeah. still very strong and much loved to this day but the thing is as well they didn't he didn't take all the fans with him from the jam because there wasn't no. like I said there wasn't a period like Costello had um, 18 months without a hit yeah. where he was w probably worried that it was it was over no, they all had the app didn't they the jam yeah. fans <clears throat> the Star Council didn't have that a, sh a period of like nine months or whatever where he recorded the new stuff where yeah. some fans could have lost interest and moved on to the next big thing it was seven weeks but speak like a child only got a number four whereas all the jam singles were getting one two the jam had a big string of number one, so he lost a lot of jam fans. 
probably got the hump because he'd split the jam up. Oh, yeah, they definitely did. And because did. it was I mean, slightly yeah, when different we, music. When we interviewed Mick Talbot, he said that sometimes you'd get a little bit of stick from the old jam fans because they'd blame <laughs> they'd blame him for, you know, being responsible. For being the other woman or something yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. And there's a great Fucking picture hell. of Paul Weller, isn't there, walking out when he's totally immersed himself in a, in a new soul boy look and he's <clears> wearing, like, a big overcoat and his hair's slicked back and he's probably yeah. got a nice pair of loafers on and he's yeah. walking out. Um, of the building and he is surrounded by a mob of Parker wearing mob yeah, revivalists yeah, yeah. and they're all sort of eyeing him kind of a yeah. little bit what's suspiciously he like, what's, what's he, he looking he like that for why ain't he wearing bowling shoes no more <clears throat> yeah exactly but I think yep. he, I think it wasn't just musically I think you know there was a we were you know the jam as good as they were they you know there was a I think he probably felt that it was becoming too blokey and the culture that surrounded yeah. a, a band like the jam was what people would now refer to as sort of dad rock and it was all very blokey yeah. and masculine and it's yeah. and it smelled of, smell of beer and fags and yeah. he wanted to embrace a, a, something a little bit different and more imaginative yeah, he was and, a Paris and, and you know and he goes and immerses himself in French sort of culture and yeah. art and jazz and Coffee and I nice clothes. I can't get me fucking head round it. It's fucking weird. Yeah, okay. Must go have had a fucking. Seat. Yeah, I wonder what them French are up to. I'm gonna go out and fucking try and see what those cats are up to. Cause I'm <laughs> fucking sick of the woking. Paris has so, got to be um, better than woking, isn't it? We'll leave it there. I think mm. that's the chart assessed in full, as far as I'm concerned. It's been a full and we'll frank dissection. One. Yeah, we'll do another one in a couple of weeks when the random pop blob activates itself again and it's back from that 1981 Top of the Pops appearance doing the birdie song it's going on Thank holiday anyway isn't it for half term the old random pop blob it's, go, it's going away to Magaluf for a couple of weeks so yeah. once it's back and refreshed we'll get a new chart out of it yeah it'll be, it'll be slightly tanned yeah um so yeah we'll do that then so thank you very much for listening and goodbye goodbye deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 